welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Just introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about you so they know kind of, uh, kind of who the guest is this evening. All right. Today's guest is Mr. N, Mr. Nakakihara. My name is Darren Nakakihara. I am a fourth grade teacher in Irvine, California. And so that's in the South OC. It's halfway between Los Angeles and San Diego, right in the middle there. So um, I've been teaching fourth grade. I've taught it two years I, on both ends of my career and fifth grade. And I also have experience as a district TOSA um, for technology. And I'm here with awesome. you. Dude, I'm pumped to have you. I remember like when we first started at Teachers on YouTube, you were one of the first vlogs that we found. And so that just like, you've always kind of like, just been <laughs> so I'm so glad that we can- So you're the one. Like yeah, you know, I I love your vlog. Like we we have very similar styles. We definitely come from the Casey Neistat school of vlogging, and yeah. you can tell. I, I I just I really enjoy watching your stuff as well, man. Yeah, it's all about the edits, right? That's what I. That's uh, right. That's right. That's what I just keep in mind all the time. Getting started, I thought a good question as folks are starting to write questions in the chat section on the side here and on YouTube. Um, so if you've not started writing questions that you can go ahead and write those questions in and we'll answer all the questions that you have. Who Every was, one of them. Yeah. Who was your, <laughs> maybe a child. who was your most influential teacher as you were growing up? My, my most influential, let's see, like I remember my third grade teacher who was also my fifth grade teacher for part of the year. She um, was pregnant, so she was only there half of the time. And if we have time, I'll tell you a great story about that. She, her name was Mrs. Gerardo. I, I was in third grade, so I have no idea how old she was. So I can't reference how old she might be at this point. But she was just so wonderful. I still think back to, and, and this is odd because she had this thing called the Hour Club. And what it was, was an hour detention after school. And I was the first member of the hour club. <laughs> but I, I remember she just loved us so much. And she, she, she just had a really big impact on me personally as, a, as an individual. And I, I wonder how she's doing now. I, I, nobody knows. <laughs> but she, Mrs. Uh, Gerardo, third grade. not at school anymore then or what? Um, she is definitely not at that school anymore and she would be, have to be retired by now. I would assume like that was a long time ago. Okay. That's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I never, like when you're a kid, everyone seems like they're old anyway. Like I know my students probably think I'm like way older than I actually am, or they have no idea of like sense of concept as, as the old mind. Um, I think I never had, had like a really moving teacher when I was in school. I've had good teachers, but not until I was in college and I did my uh, student teaching with the, with the man that everyone called Mr. Z at Winslow Township High School in New Jersey. He was like, he wore a suit every day. This was his second career. He had already made like in life and then came back to teach. And he wore a suit every day. His 
classroom was on point classroom I'd ever been in in my life. Like he just bought all of his own supplies. He didn't have like the crappy teacher's desk. Like he went out and bought like a really nice one and had spot <laughs> for everything. He was involved in everything. All the kids knew him. No one ever messed around in his classroom. Everyone shook his hand when they came in the door. And he was so influential to me that I, there's probably still 20 things I do exactly like him from the way I take attendance to my seating chart to uh, the way I greet students when they come in my room all come from that guy. And he is just like, he was unbelievable in that regard. Big ups to that guy. What, what's his name? Mr. Z, Mr. Zakaria. And he was in, uh, in Jersey, but I've, I, no one kind of, like he retired and I don't know where he went or what happened to him. So if anyone uh, out there knows where Mr. Z is. Yeah. Or um, Mrs. Gerardo. Yeah. We're, we're, we're looking for them. And not, <laughs> I just want to um, say thanks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just <laughs> dinner or something. Um, what makes, so first question is what makes you come back year after year to what keeps you mm. in the class? You know, it's weird. Like, I've had my, I this is my second career. So I was in outside sales and in the mortgage industry for a long time. And uh, when the when the market crashed in 2008, I went back and got my credential. And then nobody was hiring at that point. So I didn't have it. I've only had my own classroom for the last five years. And like coming from where I came from, I, it's weird to have this much time off, like in the summertime. So like when you have three weeks in a regular job, you, you're like, yeah, man, I got three weeks, but I have 75 days between the last day of school and the first day of school. So what do you do during that time? Well, my first four years, like I just worked through the whole summer. I, I could never turn it off in my head. I would wake up at the same time. I wake up at five in the morning every day. And even in the summer, I just wake up. And I would continually just lesson plan and, and just try to develop curriculum through the whole summer. But this year, I've taken a different approach and I've, um, I just completed my master's degree last week. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, that was a big moment for me. <laughs> And, and this year I've decided to, to not do that this year. So I'm not going into school this summer and I'm going to just take some time off. I, I you got to do that. You got to just recharge. But I, you, every teacher, like your love of students and changing lives is what brings you back every year for sure. Yeah, I agree. It's like, uh, the never ending hope that like someone will walk out of your room changed every year mm -hmm. I, i'd say the same thing i mean and i think the longer that i've taught the beauty of teaching ninth grade in a school that only goes from nine to twelve is i get to watch everyone grow up so all of these guys that came into my room that looked like babies and then they graduate as grown men it is mm -hmm. it's the best and as a ninth grade teacher everyone always remembers my class as being better than it actually was <laughs> Look at the 10th, 11th, 12th grade, and they're like, man, I missed your class. It was bad. And I'm thinking, bro, I'm pretty sure you slept like three out of five days during the week. Hey, uh, that that um, episode you did where you gave out the um, the letters that they wrote? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so powerful, man. That was so yeah. powerful. I loved it. 
they're just that is one of got that from my sixth grade teacher from people for people that don't know uh, I got that idea from my sixth grade teacher where we wrote letters to ourselves and told all about ourselves and then no one ever looks at them so I tell the kids like I don't care what your punctuation looks like I don't care if you curse I don't care what you write in there you put it in I seal it up put your name on the front of it and then I hand it out at graduation and most of them forget and it's just such a thrill like I've had kids like cry when they've gotten them or just like completely freak out. Or there's always that one kid that's like, I remember everything I wrote. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's always that one. Yeah. Makes- that was that was really cool, though. Like they all just stopped right where they were, even though they were in the middle of this oh. moment. And they just opened them up and read them. It was fantastic. It was awesome. Fantastic. Was so, so we have a question. I, Roderick Woodward or Woodard said, what advice do you have for someone who will graduate with their teaching degree in October? Would you start teaching in the middle of the school year as a teacher? Oh, that's actually a really good question. So um, when did you start? Did you start beginning of the school year when you started teaching? Yeah, yeah, beginning of the year. That's a tough one. Like in the middle of the year, um, you can't be strategic about it. Like, um, so think about it this way. What's his name? Uh, uh, Roderick. Roderick, think about it this way, okay? If there are job openings during the school year, the teachers that are already teaching will not apply for those jobs. So you have a big advantage having your credential in the middle of the school year compared to those other people. They're going to have to wait until their break comes at the end of the year to start applying for the next year. So if, if any kind of openings happen in the middle of the year, you're credentialed. There's the pool of applicants is much smaller at that point. So think about that, my friend. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I think it would make, make me leave because I would just think of like, why did someone leave in the beginning of, in the, of the year? Like, what was happening in your classroom that there's now not a teacher? And, <laughs> and think about like whether behavioral issues or, or whatever. But uh, Jess, Jessica from uh, the YouTube channel Classroom Diva, I think – twice now I, I i'm talking to my uh imaginary wife over here um they uh <laughs> she exists i saw her earlier today she, she exists <laughs> but um she took over a class two years in a row that had horrific like uh behavioral issues in the classroom able to like turn it around and just think that could be like I don't think I would be afraid to start, but I think you're right. Like, if I was going to apply for a new job, I wouldn't do it probably till April or May or later. So, mm-hmm. I would just, what's the worst that can happen, right? Even if it goes terribly wrong, you could just take get every single year, and then you move forward with that. And as long as you're yeah. growing, you're I think you're you can't lose, right? Like that's for sure. That's, my other piece of advice for you, my friend, is to take this opportunity and go visit other teachers' classrooms because you'll never get that opportunity again once you get your own. Yeah. Well, because you're teaching mm-hmm. whenever, whenever right. you help. Not just everyone that you think is, like just anyone. Because you see things that you want to do, but you might also see things that you would never right. want. Mm-hmm. I think both of those will help. Uh, yeah, and you're right. Like, I wish I had more time to go see other classrooms even now. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. That's so, what's so great so, about 
about uh, us vlogging, you get to see into our classrooms, right? And then we, we watch all these other vloggers and get to see inside their classrooms where we would never get that opportunity, you know? So just that is one of my favorite take advantage. people from mm-hmm. all over the world as well. It's just phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, yeah. Dope Law has a question. Dope Law's on here a lot. I see this. I've seen this thing before. Thanks, thanks a lot. Or lady, I'm not sure. But, uh, but I really appreciate you asking questions all the time. Uh, the question <laughs> is, uh, it says, ask him how we can better create a greater teacher community and outreach that could potentially influence the current school system. So what, what do you think? So how would you create, what's the teacher community like at your school? Um, what is that? I would imagine my school is, is pretty pretty much the same as every school and especially elementary school like elementary is so um it's so weighted on the female perspective so there's so many women in in our school district that teach um elementary school there in my school there's one two three four there's four men teaching out of 14 and that's that's high i've been to schools when I was a Tosa that had zero, <laughs> no men in it. Yep. And the one thing that, that my school has is they all teach and then they go home to their families. But that doesn't mean that you can't develop this PLC, right? And I think that teachers have really gravitated towards social media to to expand their PLC through Twitter. Like I have a great Twitter uh, PLC that I, I take advantage of every single week whenever I have a question and get involved in organizations like I'm a Microsoft um, innovative educator expert and I'm Google certified and so get involved with all these other organizations where teachers are getting together and talking and sharing ideas and like this kind of stuff watch these kinds of things and participate so you really have to like on Twitter you could sit there and read what everybody's writing but you're not going to get the real impact until you step out and you participate in those things so like get on here and ask a question and we'll remember your name look at like the 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 question that we're answering right now is from somebody that has asked several questions and you start recognizing their name and just start interacting so you got to develop your network proactively yeah i i think that's a really i i initially thought of community as like just being in my school but you're right like Mm -hmm. the youtube community is it's just so interesting because you get to i mean we 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 touched on this already but you're talking to people from all over the world and you're Mm -hmm. seeing all these different perspectives and it's i think it's really interesting to have someone look into my classroom with fresh eyes that doesn't know me that doesn't know my students that doesn't know necessarily like any um doesn't have any preconceived notions of the neighborhood that I teach in and to just say, this is what I like about this, or have you tried this? Or have you ever thought of this particular idea? I, yeah. I love that yeah. stuff. Like, talking about, I, I mean, and that's just me. I yeah. love talking about this stuff. And, and you do start knowing people's names, like folks that comment on my videos all the time. Like I love getting back to them. I feel like it's a constant dialogue as to like what's going on in life. And yeah. Then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> super fun uh and i, I like the sleep teacher yeah oh kate sleep teacher is everywhere she's uh <laughs> she's everywhere like i've never met her i know she she's in california somewhere 
But yeah. like, you know her and I know her and it's like, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's actually becoming a life goal <laughs> to like, meet all of these individuals. Um, and I had right. that messed up. I was supposed to meet with Kate tomorrow because uh, she's on the East Coast for a wedding. Oh. You were supposed to, but things didn't go as I had planned. So that, that wasn't to be. Um, I think also in terms of like building a school community, I think that should be one of your the most important things for teachers. It, it's, it's always about the kids to me. And I think that when the teachers are united, the teachers get along, when the teachers are friends, it just makes the whole environment and vibe oh, of the yeah. school better. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think things like invite people over for dinner, we'll just have like friends over for drinks or we'll go out to dinner somewhere or we just, I just make sure that we're, that we're, that I am interacting in people's lives. And then you get, you know, invited to someone's wedding or, or whatever. Yeah. The, all yeah. that, the backstory. So you're not just talking about school all the time. It gives you other things to talk about and you're more committed to someone. And I just, I, I love that so much. I can't even get it across to new teachers enough that when they start teaching at our school, that's one of the first things I tell them is like, Hey, we're all going out for a drink after school tonight, or we're going for dinner. You you have to come with us. Like you're yeah. not allowed to just sit in your room and like grade or fix your bulletin board. Like this is just as important as yeah. anything you're gonna do this. Yeah, season. I love that. I love that. Um, CC Moffat. CC Moffat's also on here all the time. So CC, um, shout out to CC. Question again: Can you describe your school or class? Is it Title One, gifted, ESOL? What's your class? I mean, oh, okay. So Irvine is like crazy high achieving school district, like one of the top districts in California. And we have an incredible amount of Asian students like from China and Korea that come just to Irvine to go to school. And then wow. when they're done, they go they go right back. It's the craziest thing. Really? So, yeah, <laughs> it, it's really bizarre but it's so there's there's different kind of uh pressure on you that's you know the parent pressure is for achievement and so there's not there's not a lot of um i guess you would they're they're technically classified el but um, they're you know extremely high functioning english language learners and um so that's and my particular school is right now the newest school in Irvine. So we just opened up last year, and it's like the facilities are ridiculous. There, oh, there's yeah. a gym and like a workout gym and a real basketball gym, and like it just it's it's crazy. Yeah, Th- those glass walls in your room. That yeah, room, that yeah, wild man. I know. Um, <laughs> We're spoiled I get, for sure. I get this question a lot, and I I don't ever really talk about it, and and I should make a video out of it or something. But I teach in West Philadelphia at a school that's uh, considered Title One school. It's an all boys school, and the idea was to make an all boys school that was a charter school that would be equivalent to like a prep school. So like if you um, we didn't just want to be another charter or like. Um, just another school in the neighborhood and Mm -hmm. the way that it is it is kind of happened organically and i i really hate to use that word but 
It really is. It's like it's because of the people that work there. I don't know that it could be completely replicated elsewhere. And it's because all of the teachers really care. We all really get along. We're friends. Like I said before, we're part of one another's lives. And so there's this really great bond throughout the school that the kids come in. No one wants to go there freshman year because it's all boys and all boys always think they have far more game than they ever really have. <laughs> so they're like, if there were girls here all over and it's like, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's true. But they, um, so, and they have to wear uniforms and they hate wearing uniforms also. But by the time they're seniors, there's this brotherhood that happens that's unbelievable. And I just, it, it gets me every single year, which makes giving those letters out and makes graduation such a special time because it's like we all really went through this together. And yeah. one of the special things I think about my school, so we have uh, 100% college acceptance, about 90% wow. go on to secondary. Yeah, and, and, so, and we don't do any testing for you to come in. And, and I think that speaks to the type of teachers that are attracted to our school yeah. and that we hire in and become part of the family at the school because it makes it such an incredibly Wow, that's, that's a tremendous impact on that community for it sure. Is. Like how, how many kids go to your school? Uh, uh, 500 students. So okay, like fairly small, yeah. Yeah, we're small. Mm -hmm. uh, and how, so how old is it? It's 10 years old, something like that. So we're new. So it's... Um, okay, so I got a question for you. Yeah, go for it. I, I have two questions for you. First, I wore the shirt for you, dude. Nice. Because, come on. History of hip hop class yes. that you teach. Yes. <laughs> okay, my other one, that wasn't really a question, uh, but I had to share that with you. My other question was, you live in New Jersey, but you teach in West Philly? I do. Like, how, long, how long does that take to get there? Not, not long at all. So oh. I get to school just as fast as people that have to travel through the city. I live literally on the other side of the bridge that goes into Jersey. Like when I'm driving over the bridge, I can see my house from the bridge. Uh, so, um, so I just cruise right into the city every single day and it's, it's pretty. Easy. Oh, okay. Um, cause like to get to another state from where I live, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's yeah, hours, okay. man. <laughs> so I just fly right over there. Um, I see my friend, uh, Miss May just came on. Oh, that's Miss May. How are you? Love Miss May. Um, should I take this one first? All right. So Miss Kindergarten, I just lost your question. I'm going to get back to it in one second. Uh, but Miss Sydney Owens asked, "What are your favorite ways to use technology in the classroom?" I think this speaks right to. Wow, Sydney. I didn't. Even, I don't know you, but I feel like I know you because, you know, technology is my thing. You know, I I integrate technology into everything I do. Our school is one to one with Chromebooks. And, you know, I don't, Chromebooks are like the thing right now, but I don't think that we're really looking at the big picture here with Chromebooks. I, I don't know. I don't use technology for technology's sake. I, I use it to enhance the lessons that I'm doing. So I won't just use it just, just because it's new and exciting. I use it because it's going to be meaningful to the learning, you know, and really impact the student learning. So like um, everybody is a Google um, Google Apps for Education, right? Their G Suite. Everybody uses that um, pretty much in everything. They do. You guys use that? Uh, I don't use See? it in my class. So my okay. school 
sophomores get computers, freshmen do not have computers. So we're always. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you guys are handwriting still. Oh, oh, we're writing stuff. Yeah. It's like. like Did I answer that question? What was the question? Well, what else? So Miss Miss Kindergarten also piggybacked off Miss Owens' class. Uh, what websites or apps do you find useful in or for your classroom? Okay, so for for kindergarten, gosh, it's really up to you because so I've heard for you, like what do you guys use in your class? Yeah. Well, okay, so it depends on what you're what you're doing, like. Um, the greatest thing that we learned last year was to use Flipgrid. Flipgrid is this online video discussion forum that's um, self-contained and the students don't have to make accounts. Uh, just that it's all password protected through a teacher. You can embed it into your LMS. And like we use Canvas um, for our learning management system. And you can embed these things in there. They're password protected. And the, the quietest kid in your class now has a voice. So they go on here and they, they record themselves answering a prompt that you, you place out there. And the kid that never raises their hand suddenly has an opportunity to say something. And you're, that like will bring tears to your eyes. Yeah. And really, like a kindergartner could, could operate this interface. It's so powerful. So... Try that out. Flipgrid is a good one. That's awesome. That sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love that idea of like giving those that don't speak a voice. Yeah. Because um, that's a hard thing to break into. It maybe. is. So, uh, Miss Jones, second grade class. I love, now you have me noticing that like these, these are people that are love, that it's like this kind of communal vibe. Miss Jones, second grade said... How do you spread positivity to a not to not so positive teachers? Oh man! Um, what do you? Why don't you, you don't take this one? I don't, I don't know how you. Uh, <laughs> huh? You know? Okay. I may seem like a really nice guy, <laughs> but I I have zero tolerance for somebody that doesn't put the students first and their welfare first when they because there are teachers that you're going to run into that um are looking for the tick of the clock to hit so they can take off right but what if there's a kid that needs you at you know one past the hour i have zero tolerance for somebody that won't wait that extra minute or won't take the time to talk to a parent that really wants to talk about their kid so i seem like a nice guy but when that kind of stuff happens, I'm like, I, my respect level just goes. So how do I handle that? I could handle it better. So, so if someone on that's part of your team or on your floor, or however your makeup is at your school, is, you know, is like that, or is like just kind of generally miserable, you know, that that sort of like typical teacher's lounge mentality like how how would you go about do you just diss them do you just not yeah like for me i i i don't feel like i can change them so i just i know where i'm at i know where my priorities are at and if theirs are not aligned with me then they're 
you know, they're going to get left behind because I'm here to help these kids move forward, you know? Yeah. I really agree. all about the children for me. Yeah. I say that all the time to my kids. It's always only about the students. It has mm -hmm. pretty much nothing to do with me. I mean, I, I matter in so much as like I'm the instrument that is trying to help the kids. But I mean, it's really, it's all about them. And I think, you know, so... What do, I, what do I want to say about this? <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't have better advice for you, whoever asked that question, but I, but I you know, I know what I like. I, I am, I am all about creating better citizens for this world. And if you're not on board with that, then I got no time for you. Yeah. I, I, it's funny at school because I try to, I literally try to have more fun than every single other person <laughs> in the school. Right. So that's, uh, that's one of my motivating factors behind like all the kind of weird stuff I do, whether I'm like blowing bubbles in the hallway or I have like these tiny little baby hands I put in my sleeves and I shake students' hands with them. <laughs> or if I, uh, am, I have a little stuffed mouse that I put on the end of a string and I pull it down the hallway to scare the kids. And so that, <laughs> that, it, it puts me in a really good place to be able to just keep going during the day and give yeah. everything that I've got. Yeah. But also yeah. just makes the kids have a better day. I think it like snaps them out of their current reality and makes them go like, wait, the world is like, what's happening there? Yeah, and for sure. I hope is that it's also helping the people around me to have like a, a better day. So I have this idea for next year. I, I was supposed to happen this year and, and it didn't. Uh, we have an elevator. We have an extremely slow elevator in our building. And my idea is have elevator parties between floors like during my preps right and i realize this is like everything i do like that would be so awesome I feel like it is, you're doing too much but like as soon as the door closes i'm gonna have like music that's gonna come on i'll like throw confetti we'll have silly string and then as soon as the door opens again bam we're just done and we're just chilling and that person has to walk off the elevator you know how jimmy fallon gets the roots and they like go into a little room you can have like a band in there. That'd be so cool, West man. Is from or the roots are from Philly, so I should uh, I should. <laughs> this might happen. This might be the moment when people look back and go, "I remember when they decided to get the roots in the elevator in Westville." Get them in the elevator, man. Yeah, this is a good idea. So <laughs> I try to like just be the embodiment of um, of positivity and of of having fun at school. And I think that helps a lot, but there are always people that they just don't buy into it or it's just not their natural makeup to be right. Right. And right. Sometimes what I'll end up doing is trying to like, not necessarily focus on them because just like in the classroom, there, there are kids that are negative or kids that are like, take up all your time. And what they really do is glean all your attention away yeah. from people that like really, really need it. And so what I'll do instead is, get with the other folks that want to be down with whatever right. you're doing right. and make that so wildly attractive. Like no one would want to resist being a part of mm -hmm. like, you know, eat lunch in Reynolds room. Sounds like the greatest thing. You know, <laughs> uh, when we go out for drinks, like all the stories that we have and the great time that we have and the fact that we're inviting anyone, like it, I try to make that as, as exciting as possible. So that, yeah. Yeah. You got to really build your tribe, right? Build your tribe. Exactly. Um, oh, I love when people spell their names phonetically so I can say them correctly. <laughs> Katie Kiyuli. 
Katie. Wait, are you gonna are you gonna say my name? This is no. This is Katie Heuli said this. H e u l e, but she spelled it phonetically. H e u l e. Or did I say it wrong? So, uh, Katie, uh, <laughs> no, 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 I, didn't, I said it right, but um, my wife's talking about something else, I think. So, she said, what do you think is missing in today's classrooms? What do you think the educational, or where the educational system is heading, and what do you think could better prepare students for successful, to be successful adults in the future? Man, that's a lot. So, again, that was, what's missing in today's classrooms? Where do you think the educational system is heading? And what can we do to pre better prepare the students to be adults in the future? Gosh, ask a hard one. One of those, or all of them. It's up to you. Okay, this kind of answers all three of those questions. The thing that's missing is problem solving and critical thinking skills. And we've taught our kids how to be really good processors of information, but they have no idea what to do with the information that they get. Right. So, yep. for instance, when I teach fractions in fourth grade, I don't teach them the algorithm of, of how to add a fraction or how to, you know, I don't teach an algorithm. I teach it all through word problems. The whole unit is done through word problems because I want them to know how to conceptualize these things and how to apply the information and knowledge that they're gaining. So that's the thing that was wrong with education and we tried to fix it with common core and the direction that education is moving is they're trying to get there but we have a lot of teachers that are like that's not how my teachers edition my te teaches it i'm, I'm like well, but you're not helping your kids solve problems in the future that they're going to be able to apply to all kinds of different situations once they learn how to think for themselves they got to learn how to think critically about the world that's the, that's probably the most important thing that i can teach a fourth grader moving on to fifth grade and probably for you too as well in your in your class right yeah i mean so one of the things um that we do e almost every single day when the kids come into my classroom is they do journal entries and i'll ask them the journal entry will be i don't know sometimes it might be something as easy as like what song best represents you or describe someone who you think was a hero in your life or is the best example of like what you think a man should be or, or the worst example, right? So mm -hmm. it's really funny because in the beginning of the year, the kids kind of don't want to answer questions like that because it's like, mm -hmm. it's always about, well, is this worth points or like, yeah. uh, does it yeah. matter what I write? And as we get going with this, what, what I want them to do is like, figure out how to answer things about themselves. You're yeah. 14 or 15 years old and a lot of times, you have no idea what your views are on things because no one's ever asked you about them. And then when you say right. your answer, I'm still going to ask you a question about it. You're not allowed to just leave it there. Mm -hmm. And that really builds, it builds community in the classroom also and starts helping kids develop a sense of who they are and what to do with, like you said, like with this knowledge that it's not just, uh, we're not just going to like read and answer questions. I want you yeah. to apply it to your life. And I think it also teaches the other piece that I think is really important um, that I think is missing a lot of times is emotional intelligence. I have a lot of guys mm -hmm. that like, they don't know what to do with their anger. They don't know what mm -hmm. to do with their, their hurt or their, uh, you know, they're, they sit in class and they're this kid all the time and they're just yeah. squirrely. Like, like, what do you, what can you do with that? Is it? You give them a fidget spinner. Oh. 
<laughs> Come on. But I think that that goes a really long way. And teaching literature kind of allows me to do that. It allows me to like say, here's what this character did, or here's how they were feeling. Have you ever been in a situation like this? What would you do if you were in this mm -hmm. situation? And it helps us to work a lot of that stuff out and become more intelligent about like who we are and why we work the way that we work. And I, I, that stuff, I, I like can't get enough of it. Because um, when you see kids like morph into into young men, these boys mm -hmm. that I'm teaching, it's the greatest. It's that's so that's cool. impacting the world, CJ. That is, that's how you're changing the world right there. It's it's, it's not everything. them, it's not them learning, you know, some character in a book. They like emotional intelligence is that's changing the world, really. Yeah. yeah, it's. I think it's the solution for so much. Um, mm -hmm. So. So, uh, they call those soft skills and we got to start teaching them. Yeah. And well, you know, and it's tough because that's not stuff you learn about in college, right? Like, uh -huh. you know, I, and I think it's, it's a tricky situation for some teachers. I, I'm, I'm seeing, uh, Miss May's name still on here. And I know Miss May, um, from one fab teacher, she really, that's a really big deal to her also. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a big deal to like focus on who the student is and um, and how they need to learn and what else they could learn. Like, are they learning to share? Are they being, are they right. learning to cooperate right. with other people? And that stuff is like, it's, right. it's hard to learn how to, to teach that. And it takes all the extra time. You can't uh -huh. just do it during the class all the time. And it's like right. lunch, after school, before school, all that stuff too. So uh, Detroit teacher, 20 years in the game. Um, that is her full name. And I-, I Detroit teacher- 20 years in the game. What up? So I've spoken to her just recently on YouTube as well. She said, please discuss the difference between a charter school and a regular public school for the audience. I also work in a charter school and people don't understand the difference. Um, is your school, what is your, is it a private school or is it a public? No, it's public, public school. It, that's interesting. It's, it's I have no idea what the difference is, really. People come to a, a different country to go to a public school is like. I know. It is the craziest thing. I even the more amazing. Um, I would say, to me, public school, charter schools are uh, were thought up, and I might have this completely wrong. My friend Randy Rebuy, who also teaches out in California, would give a much better answer. But in my my perspective, is they were created to, to be alternative schools for folks that wanted to opt out of public school. So if your mm -hmm. public school wasn't so hot, you could go to a charter school, and and learn there. All schools have uh, like a different kind of shtick. Most charter schools do, like yeah. college like, prep school, and all of our boys have mm. to take four years of Latin uh, at our school, which is you know, wow. But they, um, it it is our school is essentially supposed to mimic what you would get at a private school, but mm -hmm. at at a public school, we don't test. Your name goes into a hat, and they pull your name out as part of a lottery. And if your name gets picked, you have the option to go to our school. Wow. Kind of get in no problem are if you are a brother or I think a cousin of one of the guys that already goes to my school. You so are like, are there, is there like a big long waiting list to get in there? There is typically, yeah. Wow. So teachers, parents will put their names in at different charter schools all around the city. 
So uh-huh. we get students that are from all over Philadelphia. So it's not just West. It's mainly West Philly, but we get kids wow. from all over the city. Is it, is it like um, so, on that movie, Waiting for Superman? It, it is. So uh, they're like Jeff, it's an arena like, and they like. It's the like same idea, but it's. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's essentially the same idea. Wow. Um, now I'm just thinking about that movie thinking about how Americans are number one in cadence, which tells me. Um, <laughs> so do you have any any sense of whether or not, like, charter schools are any different on the West Coast? Or, like, what's your not, like, do people talk about that? Or It's weird. Like, um, in my school district, they have made it so incredibly difficult to get a charter into our school district that they just, they give up. Like, it's impossible in Irvine, but in the surrounding districts, it's not like they've opened the doors to them. So in the district that I live in, which is a little bit south of Irvine, um, there's uh, several charter schools that are doing really well. I I don't uh, know that they're not hard to get into. I don't think. That's interesting. Well, I mean, if your public schools are amazing, I, I, right. Right. Interested in like why they would create a charter school there, but I'm not really, I don't know. Now I want to like look into that and ask. I know. Like, the is there money in that? Can you make money? Uh, I th- opening a charter school. I think so. Like, what kind know. of car does the person that opened your charter school drive? Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, <laughs> he's a pretty amazing dude, and so like they they are. Um, I, I'm he's not really watching CJ. He's not like, watching. Yeah, yeah, I'm really blessed with that. <laughs> but. Um, I do. My bad. So, um, but I think I no. It's a tricky question because I don't know the answers. A lot of things I just don't know about because I just like don't care because I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Statsu, I think I said that right. I hope I said that right. We're gonna go with that. A question that said, "Have you y'all, have you all ever used Ozbots, like those mini robot things? Do you Ozbots, of course, yeah." They're these little robots, and you have paper, and you draw these lines, and it'll follow them around on that line you draw. Really? That's, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty phenomenal. What's that? You teach, like, coding and stuff in class as well, or what? Uh, not, like, I don't teach a coding class, but we, we do a lot of coding, yeah. We, okay. My fourth I graders think- are on point, man. They, these guys, they're ridiculous. <laughs> I have a projector in my room. That's about the maximum amount of technology and lights. What? So that's, that's uh, you know. We're going to mystery Skype with you next year when school starts up again. It will be awesome. You're, totally. you're, you're I know we're going to love it. When I was in Costa Rica as well. Uh, I know, I know. Here's the best name of the, of the evening. Little Space Freckles. Little Space, Space Freckles, where have you been? We've been waiting for you. That's the best name of the whole evening. Does your guest have social media handles? So what are your... Uh, yeah, what, so what, on, uh, on Twitter, I'm EdTech by Darren. And on Instagram, DNOC1000. And on YouTube, I'm Darren Nakakihara. So say I that five times. A note to myself, if you didn't catch all of those or if you're not sure how to spell them, I will put them in the show notes under the YouTube video after this video. Please. 
subscribe to my YouTube channel. Yes. You and I'll, you I'll and ten that. of your friends. Uh, <laughs> Miss Sydney Owens. Oh, Miss Sydney Owens is back again because she asked Miss Sydney Owens asked, uh, "How do you help encourage other teachers to use technology who are very resistant about using one device uh, as or using the one-to-one devices as a tool for learning?" What's your, yeah. what's your option or your opinion on that? Okay, so um, I spent a year trying to do that throughout our district. And I was in charge of the upper grades, four, five, and six, for 27 elementary schools. And the school, every school is filled with people that are tech resistant, right? That are like, this is how I do it. I don't need to do it any other way. And for me, if you think of the um, um, diffusion of innovation, there's this graph. And I am like at the tippy, tippy point of it. And they're like way in the back of the bus, right? And so how do I even talk to these people? The only way that you're going to get to them is to make some connection with them with something they're already doing. Yes, so yeah, good and it, like for, for a, a discussion piece, right? You can have a, if they're in high school, you can have a Twitter discussion. That's so easy. They're already on these, these platforms. And for you, a tech-resistant teacher, you don't have to... The, the hardest part for them is they don't know how to troubleshoot if something goes wrong. That is their biggest fear. What do I do if it doesn't work? Well, don't worry because the kids are... They already have the devices. They're already on the platform. They already know how to use it. Just tell them, hey, we're going to have a, a Twitter discussion um, at this time, and this is the hashtag that we're going to use. Or you can use that... that um, app I was talking to you about before, Flipgrid. Yep. You do, it is so easy to set up. You could have one of your kids set it up and all you're doing is having a discussion or you're having them read for fluency on there or whatever you're having them do. Just have it connect to something they're already doing and then they'll start to move along. They'll, they'll see the light for sure. It, have you ever tried to grade writing? Is that the worst thing ever? Uh <laughs> Yeah, it's one of the worst things. <laughs> Mr. D, have you ever watched Mr. D grade writing? It's uh, it's pretty miserable. I mean, I just, uh... <laughs> right. So technology can 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 help you, and if if a trust me, if a tech resistant teacher sees that it's going to help them and they don't have to worry about it breaking down and and knowing how to troubleshoot it, they're gonna they're gonna be all over it, all over it. I really like that you brought up that idea of like connecting it to something that they're already doing, like creating a a, a really low point of entry for them to right. get into it, and then making it something that they can do. I think mm -hmm. that's 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 a great idea, and I would not have thought. I mean, I guess like intuitively, I would think of that, but that's that's an awesome piece of it. For sure, for sure. Timothy Pardo asked, in terms of Timothy building Pardo's on the. Yeah. This is my student teacher from last year. Yes, really? he just graduated from UCI, University of California, Irvine. Congratulations, Mr. Pardo. Welcome to the to the uh, discussion here. <laughs> he asked, in terms of building that school staff community, what advice would you give to someone who would be a brand new teacher at a school to help build that sense of community? Oh, that's a really great question. Um, I have to think back. What? So you, 
your first year was is closer to where you are now. Like it's not so far away as mine is. What what did you do when you first came in? Did you feel like you needed to be a part of the community? Did you kind of not want to be a part of the community? What what was your take on that? The the first thing you do is open your door. And then the second thing you do is leave it open. <laughs> so I'll give you an example of um, school and um, parent community culture. There's There are some teachers on the first day of school, they're like, okay, let's get the kids in, shut the door, and get the parents out of here, right? And I'm like, heck no, man. I'm going to open the door, invite them all in on the first day, and let them stay as long as they want. And they're like, what are you, are you crazy? And I'm like, nope. And then I, okay, I hopefully nobody's from um, my district, but I set up a, a Wi-Fi signal in my classroom and I live streamed part of the day. So the parents that were at work log go, go on to and watch their kids and ask them questions in the, in the middle of the day on the first day. It was phenomenal. <laughs> and that's how you build community. Like you open the door and you welcome them in. That's, I think that's an awesome idea. And I, you know, one of the things I'm hoping for YouTube to kind of create a sense of next year is like, let, cause it kind of happened sort of haphazardly. And, and I wasn't really like, I don't know. I wasn't really putting everything into it. And it was just like something me and my students did during lunch. But since then, like, there are so many times that even when my nine-year-old who's sitting over on the couch now is will come home and I'll say, what'd you do at school today? And he'll be like, ah, nothing. And then I find out like something awesome happened that day. And I would love to have that sort of like a window into their lives. Not so much. I mean, I that know. could sound like a way for like parents to spy on their kids, but like just to be right. genuinely interested and say, Hey, I saw that this happened in class today. Like, let's talk about that a little bit. Or that was really funny when I saw um, that student do this in class today. I just think that would be so great. Yeah. I'm really hoping that that YouTube is going to be able to like create that bridge between home and the classroom next year, and folks will be able to see like, yeah, this is what your kid's up to. This is what we're doing. This is yeah. you know what happened, or this is how great they are in class, or well behaved, or or whatever it is. But right. That's, that's a great idea. How much more invested will they be if they can be a part of that? Like you, your parents will be all in at that point. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Especially if there's like cool stuff going on. Like mm -hmm. I just, I would love it. Especially, and really something you touched on earlier, like for people that don't know, I teach an elective that is the history of hip hop. And I have all these moms and dads that like grew up in late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> Hip-hop scene that are like, I would love to talk about this stuff or hear about this stuff. Uh, my kids, I know more about hip-hop than anyone in the school, hands down, because I have to, because I have to be able to answer questions. In the yeah. It's really, it just really makes it fun. Uh, so that's a really great answer. Um, and I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, I think I <laughs> about in terms of like how to create community in your school. CC Moffitt. Asked another question. Thank BC. you. Are you expected to lead committees or clubs throughout the school year, such as math club, robotics, social committee, science, Olympiad, STEAM? Uh, do you have to do clubs at your school, or is that an C. option? C. I'm not sure. Let me talk to Cece for a moment here. Cece, 
if all we had to do was teach, our job would be easy. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen. I believe it. Yes. And I work at a brand new school who, like, the staff was small, so we had to carry a lot of weight. We had to, we were doing all kinds of things every day, after school, before school. Like, it was ridiculous how much stuff we had to do. But that's, you know, that's part of opening a new school. And a part of every school, really, you, you have to have these adjunct duties. And really, like, if you're a teacher and you're, you are looking out for the children's best interest, you're going to want to be a part of that. So if you can do cool stuff, come on. Yeah. You're going to, it's, it's not really a burden. It's something that you're going to, you know, love to do. But really, honestly, if we, all we had to do was teach and we didn't have to do any of this other stuff, our job would be so easy, but we, it's, it's all part of the job. It's in yeah, the contract. Like you said, I think that, uh, so we, we do also, I have to teach, um, uh, after school program after, after school, that was kind of redundant, but, uh, I get to pick whatever I want to teach. So it's changed throughout the years. And I try and feel out like, what are the students interested in? What am I interested in or capable of doing? And then I try and bring those two things together. So right now I have a, a maker after school program oh, where fun. we just take tools. We build really simple projects that teach the kids a lot of skills. Because a lot of my guys don't know how to use tools when they come into high school. And we're, it's a real life skill. And so like last year, we built a school store out of just plywood, and it was awesome. And then we sold stuff after school. I had, like, little entrepreneurs running around West Philadelphia. And it was just – it was great because it was like we built it from the ground up together. We ordered all this stuff. I taught them about product placement and how to talk to your customers because they would be really rude to one another all the time. And <laughs> it was just a really great learning experience. And I – thing to get excited about is it gives you the chance to see kids in a different light they're not getting a grade they don't like maybe have to be a part of that showing up their own volition to get to talk to kids at that point it's like it's the best i mean you're you're building relationships you're getting to know them at a deeper level when they're not just having to sit in a seat and be quiet or get your lesson done or whatever whatever right mm -hmm. that's that's huge for me uh Sweet D101 asked, do you think becoming a teacher through alternative certification is harder than going to college for it? Are there, is there anyone in your school that did like alternate route or is everyone like college? Yeah, everybody in, I would say in my whole district went through college. I, I wonder if that, I feel like more uh, like schools that are like, I don't know, more fluent don't I don't know if that that's even an option. I feel like I feel like if I were a teacher at, at a school that had a high caliber of teacher, you wouldn't want people doing alternate route. And, right. and I I don't think that discounts them at all. Some of the best no. teachers I ever met were like did Teach for America and right and came out of that and were fantastic teachers that stuck around yeah. for a long time and did really great stuff. Went to college for for teaching, but I am in the minority in my school. Most folks are either come from Teach for America or did alternate route as they were like finished college and went back in. But um, I, I think so. Just from their experience, I think the tough thing in that is 
you're still going to school. I think there's a lot to say about going to college and then being done and then just being able to teach those first couple of years. You're just focusing on that. Whereas if you're alternate route or TFA, you have to go to school on like maybe after school there's mm-hmm. something, maybe on the weekends there's something, you're writing papers. I mean, you know, you just finished your master's. It's yeah. like having another job after <laughs> going to school all day. And that is... Yes. That's, that seems like madness to me. You're teaching. I pass out on my living room floor at five o'clock in the afternoon as soon as I walk in the door. Yeah, right. Next morning, it was like mm-hmm. it was like the hangover without drinking. It was. Datsu <laughs> um, asked another question. She or he asked, "Have you ever encountered a fellow teacher that was sexist and feared that their attitudes towards their attitudes were indirectly affecting the students?" to think in the same way. Do you have any experience no, with that? No, I have no experience with that. Do you? I, let me think about that for a second. I think, I don't know, right? So a lot of times I get, I try to understand my privilege, right? I try to understand the fact that like, I'm a white male American and that what someone else is I don't always see it, right? It doesn't always like set an alarm off in my head, but I try and be conscious of that sort of like, that's coming from my privilege. Like I don't, of course it doesn't, that doesn't affect me necessarily. And so I try to be really, I think that's part of like building the community part in your school because folks will feel more comfortable coming and telling you like, hey, I think this is going on or this person's making me feel uncomfortable instead of being nervous about it, especially when you're a newer teacher going into a school and maybe you're having an issue with someone that's been there for a few years or they're cool or whatever the case may be. So I have not had that instance. I have had other teachers come to me though that have had those problems and I work it out the best that I can. I, I mean, I always just believe people. I'm not gonna, I'm not there to like sift through the details, but I try to, more than anything, like just trying to get them involved with someone that will be able to help them the best. And sometimes that is me. Sometimes I can just, I'll have a relationship with that individual that they're having a problem with and just talk to them. And sort of like, uh, one of my big things is called closing the loop. We refer to it as Mm -hmm. where if a teacher comes to me and just wants to complain about another teacher, a lot of times I'll tell them like, think this is toxic and you have two days to tell them what's going on. Otherwise I'm going to tell them that you have a problem with them because Ah. unloading this burden on me that right, right around. Then it becomes something bad later. And I knew about it the whole time. Like that's not, that's not fair to me. So you, that's closing the loop, closing the loop. So like, if you complain to me, I'm going to tell them if you don't tell them, like you don't get to just (laughs) keep it with me. I'm not taking your burden on. And that has served me really really well and people know that that's my gig like they know that how many times have you had to close the loop i i've had to i you know once you do it once or twice everyone realizes <laughs> don't tell reynolds he's gonna go yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing exactly. never mind yes but i think it, i think <laughs> it creates a healthy school where people are like actually working out their differences and we're working together as a team to get through stuff because you know scar mm-hmm. tissues Teachers are generally pretty good people, you know, (laughs) and we we have a a weird way of kind of filtering out the junk in our profession. So 
I know you hear that it's hard to get rid of a, a, a bad teacher, but really they have a way of just leaving when they're not, this is not what they're meant to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope so. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're at an hour. We do two more questions. You good for that? I'm down. Let's go. Cool. Let's go. Tracy pinned your biggest teacher failure. And how did you learn from that and grow? Or maybe you didn't learn from it and grow. We are always learning as teachers, always learning. So my biggest failure, I don't know. We were talking about all these teacher connections. I probably, my biggest failure was just not, you know, uh, extending that olive branch to some teachers that maybe I should have. And I'm, I'm trying to become a better person. I mean, from here, it looks like you're doing a great job. So, so keep it up. I, I think <laughs> biggest teacher failure is that's hard to say. I'm, um, I think gearing my class towards things that I wanted to do as opposed to stuff that interested the students, especially when mm. I first started teaching, I was like, oh, this book's great. Like the kids will love it or this lesson is going to be awesome. Like I have this really cool lesson that I'm going to love teaching and love getting the kids to do and not getting their feedback on what they think is interesting or what their, yeah. where their interests lie because that just makes the class all it, it becomes like a community in the classroom as opposed to like just an individual that's like dictating what's happening and so mm -hmm. I mean, there is a little bit of dictatorship in there and and i know it and i and i need there to be in ninth grade but right as a whole i want us to be like in a group together moving towards a, a specific goal and when i the more i can find out about you and learn about you the better my lessons are going to be and i wish i'd gotten that earlier on but I'm glad that I did get that lesson because it's yeah. served me really, really well. Mm -hmm. And no, no. Yeah. All right. So last question is Katie. Katie. Huel. She she already spelled it. Huel. Katie Huel. Hi, Katie. Thanks for watching. What is the least helpful or most helpful professional development you've been to? Oh, man. Oh, are we talking about PD here? What are we talking about? PD? Yes. PD. That's what we're well, talking about? At least helpful. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if I've been to a good one. <laughs> Ever. I mean, the best ones are when teachers are putting them on for teachers, right? Not some salesman coming in trying to sell their product or some administrator trying to teach you about curriculum you know it's when a teacher is teaching you about teaching that's those are the best ones i don't know if i can pinpoint a worst one i've, I've been to so many bad ones like they just don't i don't know this is a good this is this is like a whole show right here about professional development i don't know how your school runs pd but our, our, I'm, I'm hoping that there's nobody from the uh, district office watching because your PD sucks. It's terrible. I hear you. <laughs> We've had tons of bad ones. And I think 
one of the things that kind of like sets my alarm off for when I know it's going to be a bad professional development meeting is when someone taught for like a year and then they went out and made this kind of curriculum. Or this <laughs> oh, right. Man, don't worry. I've been where you guys were. I taught for a year or two and then they made something that we're supposed to be inspired by. And that really just makes it difficult to find some sort of authenticity in what they're saying. And, but the best ones I think are both teacher led and anything that we can have a dialogue about. So like last year, the school picked five books and we all got to pick one of those books. We had to read it over the summer. So I read this book. I'm going to, I forget what his name is. Christopher Emden, maybe wrote a book called for white folks that teach in the hood and for the rest of y'all too. Uh, I seen that. I didn't read it though. Cause I don't teach in the hood. Things, he had a really interesting Ted talk also, but there were a lot of things I really agreed with and a lot of things that I really didn't agree with. But the thing that made the PD so great was we were allowed to sift through that. We were all sat in a group. I had yeah. no idea who else read the right. book. There's all kinds of people that like don't look like me and don't see the place that I come from and we're just hashing it out. And that those discussions, man, I could sit in there for hours and have the those best. conversations. Just those are the best. Better yeah. because you're you have a say in what you're in what you're learning about and in what your like response to was what about what you learned about and just yeah have you ever been to an ed camp no i've been camp is an unconference okay go ahead what's it an unconference so i see that um miss gould here is in here on the uh on the you now chat she she is a um i went to this ed camp with her actually down to san diego and it's funded by the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and these are unconferences so there's no keynote speaker there's no set agenda all the participants come and they put what they're interested in talking about on the wall and then they organize them into groups and then you go off to a room and you have discussions about whatever you want to talk about yeah that's all it is awesome that that's a great PD that I went to so her question I think is a good one to all right, so my wife's giving me she's giving me another question too. But real quick, who is your uh, Miss G is <laughs> who is your favorite YouTuber besides yourself? Ah, oh, that's easy. Real rap with the Reynolds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we probably have the same one. We love Casey Neistat. Like, come on, that guy is. I, I watch his stuff all day long. Um, I do love. Uh, I, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk, I really enjoy the business aspect of that. And he speaks in a way that my students like. So when we watch some of his stuff in class, like that really hits them hard. Um, but other teachers, too, like I think uh, Miss May that was on here. I just have like, I feel like we would just be best friends if we lived near one another. <laughs> Super authentic and kind and like focused on the kids kids and i just love it i can't say enough about that what do you oh um so yeah we all gotta get in the same room together or in like in the same same space together here someday someday i'm gonna get all these great people that that i love like classroom diva and all these other individuals like all be in the same room it's gonna be awesome man i'm trying to talk i'm trying to talk you into going to chicago next summer to maybe. ISTE, maybe we can all go to ISTE. It's in the yeah. middle, right? We can all meet in Chicago. It'll be fun. <laughs> it is. We'll pull some people from Canada. It'll be great. Yeah. 
Um, I have one more question, right? So this, well, this is more for you than Oh, okay. So I'll ask it. And, and then I have one more official question. All right. So we're getting, we're getting. <laughs> uh, CC Moffitt said, my daughter Madison wants to know when you will feature a chat with your kids. Oh, this is to me. We'll feature a chat with my kids. She is 10 years old and has watched the recent video. So my kids do want to do uh, a chat. My daughter are super funny when they come to school with me. They get dressed up like what they think teachers are going to wear. So my son always wears a tie and my daughter will wear a dress and like they oh, I love it. professional when they come in, like far more professional than I act at my job. <laughs> so they are, we're planning that this summer that we're going to do like a live chat with my kids one night. Awesome. And awesome. I'm a little nervous, but I'll do it anyway because they are, have no sensor and they'll just ask anything or answer anything. I was saying, that's what I love about you, man. You get these ideas and you just just roll with it. I try, I'll try it. So Michelle Arnod? Michelle Arnod. Hey, Michelle. I could have a whole montage of me ruining everyone's name. <laughs> asked, I'm a new teacher and I'm feeling like I'm the only one in my grad class that doesn't have a job for September. Any tips on how to make a resume, cover letters, or and make them shine? Wow, that's... Gosh... Michelle, I should have my own business because I've been helping a lot of people with this very thing. Uh, this is the first year. Do you, have you ever had a student teacher? Uh, no, I've never. I've had uh, folks like come in, like do practicums with me. We call them, but not students. Mm-hmm. I this is the first year I had student teachers, and um, like I, that's something that I really have a, a heart and a passion for, and that's helping these new teachers get into the profession because really that's that's like where our lifeblood is, right? That's where we get all the new ideas and excitement and energy and life in our profession. If we just bring these new teachers in. The one piece of advice, what was her name, Michelle? Michelle, the one thing I can say to you is like I sat in on probably 150 interviews when we were opening this school. And I've heard the same answers to this to these same questions 150 times. So make yourself stand out. Do something different that, I mean, it can't hurt you at this point, right? Just make yourself stand out. Find out what your passion is, what part of teaching your passion is, and, and really focus your resume towards that and let it speak for itself. Yeah, I think that's really great advice. I mean, I, I would say, um, you, one of the things I always tell friends or students is, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, you're not going to like catch on fire if you go to an interview and it doesn't work. It could yeah. only work. It's either going to work for you or you don't get the job. Like, you, that's right. you weren't going to get the job anyway. So, like, mm-hmm. go in, you know, guns blazing. Don't. That's yeah. probably. That's the growth mindset, man. Yeah. You're figuring out what not, what's not working. (laughs) So awesome, man. Hey, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it, Darren. Oh man. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. I I really enjoy watching your videos and for this opportunity to talk to your, to your viewers. It's it's awesome. That's so I'm going to do my little wrap up. um, And I'm going to say this. Thanks everyone for watching. Uh, If you are, 
watching this on the rebroadcast, you can go ahead and leave questions in the comment section below and I will answer those back. Darren, I hope you'll come over like if you see anything in there directed towards you or anything you yeah, want to answer. Yeah, for sure. Go for it. I know sometimes people on YouTube are weird about that, but like I'm inviting <laughs> you. And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it, and I hope you have a great week. Peace.